Welcome, everybody. It's great to be together. Online, Alma, Mount Pleasant. I want to give you a heads up right here at the very beginning. Today's going to be a tough one. Today might be hard. It might be a little bit difficult. But how many of you know that on the other side of difficult, oftentimes we find what's best? And I think that's what's going to take place today. Last week, we looked at these small little offenses that weigh us down. The good news is we're getting over it. We are in real time finding forgiveness over small, petty, nitty-gritty little things, and we're filling the gap. Instead of with suspicion and bitterness, we're filling the gap with love. If we don't, we're going to find that it robs us of what God is truly calling of us in our lives. Next week, we're going to talk about forgiving God. Now, I think we're all well aware that God doesn't really need anyone's forgiveness. God is perfect. God does not sin. But so often, there are so many of us, and we're pointing the finger at God. We are blaming God for what did happen, what we think He ought to have prevented from happening, and we're going to come to a place where we're going to reconcile with God. In the final week, we're going to talk about something that you really don't hear about very, very much. We're going to talk about forgiving yourself. So, so often we are willing to understand and accept this idea of God's forgiveness and God's grace and His mercy. We're even able to understand the idea of forgiving another person. But at the end of the day, we refuse to let go of guilt and shame because we won't forgive ourselves. We feel that we ought to feel terrible for the rest of our lives. And I believe that God is going to set us free and take away some chains. Today, there's no doubt about it, today is a heavy one. But on the other side of difficult is what is best. So to start, what I actually want to ask us to do, whether you are at home, in Alma, or in Mount Pleasant, I'm going to ask you right now, would you please stand to your feet? We're going to honor the speaking and the reading of God's Word. Can I ask you to stand to your feet right now as we read from God's sacred Word? When Jesus was talking to His disciples, He was trying to help them understand that, look, you're going to get hurt. I want you to know this. Somebody's going to abuse you or betray you, somebody close to you. I need you to understand this. Luke chapter 17 says this. Jesus said to His disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. Another version says, it's impossible that no offenses would come. There are times when people will hurt us. People will betray us. And we ourselves, we're going to let other people down. Jesus says, look, it's inevitable that is going to happen. Verse 3, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. So don't pretend like it didn't happen. Have the conversation. Let's try to make things right. Our goal isn't to crush the other person. Our goal is to bring reconciliation and healing. We're going to try to find healing. Have the conversation. The rest of verse 3. If they repent, forgive them. I need you to forgive them. I'm telling you right now, you're to let them off the hook. Forgive them. And then Jesus says something that is incredibly challenging. Verse 4, even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times they come back and they say to you, I repent, 
you must forgive them. Now the disciples are hearing that and perhaps they're thinking the same thing that you're thinking right now. Listen, I'll give you one time, but I'm not even going to give you two. Particularly not in the same day. Maybe two in a lifetime if you were to come back on bended knee asking for forgiveness. But not two or three or four or five or seven times in the same day. I don't care how many times you're saying you're sorry. I don't know that I can forgive you. Look at the response from the disciples. Having heard this huge challenge, verse 5, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. If you're asking us to do that, God, please, would you increase our faith? We're going to need more faith if we're going to, able, if we're going to be able to do that. The titles of today's message is The Faith to forgive. Let's pray. Father, we ask you to increase our faith right now as we're standing in your presence. For those of us who have been hurt and wounded deeply, lives that have been impacted by betrayal and hurt from others, we pray that your word right now would become powerful and alive in our lives. That you would give us the courage and the strength to do what we simply do not have the power on our own to do. Please increase our faith to offer the same forgiveness that has been offered to us to somebody else. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Oh, we pray this in the name of Jesus. And the church together says, Amen. Praise God. Grab your seats for just a moment. Who betrayed you? Who lied to you? Who lied about you? Who mistreated you? Who took advantage of you? Last week, we talked about letting go of small offenses. Well, it's relatively easy if it's just something small and if it just happens one time. It's a whole lot harder when it happens over and over again, and it's a whole lot harder when it's very, very big and it really, really wounds and inflicts such pain into our lives. Very, very painful. Especially when you're betrayed by somebody that you believe in. Somebody that you looked up to. Somebody that you admire. Somebody, somebody that you thought, man, I think they always had the best in mind for me. Who betrayed you? Maybe it's a roommate who stole from you. Maybe it's a kid in school who bullied you. Maybe it's somebody who tore you to pieces on social media. Maybe it's a boyfriend who lied to you and then ended up lying about you. Maybe it's a dad that all of your life you simply wanted to please, but no matter what you did, he always seemed to make you feel small and insignificant. You could never please him. A spouse that you trusted and believed in, who betrayed your trust and crushed you. An authority figure that you believed in and admired somebody that was supposed to protect you. Instead, they didn't protect you. They actually touched you in the most inappropriate way, in a sick, sick kind of a way. And then they made you feel that what happened to you was your fault. Who betrayed you? Who hurt you? Do we really need to forgive somebody like that? They don't deserve to be let off the hook. I mean, truthfully, they don't. They don't deserve to be forgiven, not even a little bit. 
Do we really need to forgive somebody like that? And if we're supposed to forgive them, which it sure looks like in the Bible that we just read, like we're supposed to, God, how on earth are we supposed to do that? How do we forgive somebody who is still doing something that is unforgivable? Well, I don't know that I could possibly stand up here today and say that I understand and I know what you have suffered. But I know injustice and I know wounds in my own life to some degree. A long time ago, I, I don't know that I will ever be able to forget witnessing, just observing somebody who is so unbelievably abusive and hurtful towards a close family member of mine that I love dearly. And I just watched this thing happen in front of me. And I saw this family member of mine just get crushed. I mean crushed. I saw them just withdraw from everybody as they attempted to just cope and survive. And I watched them just deteriorate and become undone. And I know what that did in me. I know what that did in other family members. And I know what that did in this loved one of mine. Many years ago, in the context of church, and this should never be this way in the context of church, but it was. And maybe some of you have a story where something terribly difficult happened to you in church, the place where it should not happen. But I remember this battle in me that I still try to put aside where just incredibly unloving, unkind words were spoken directly towards me in front of everybody, and they were allowed to be spoken openly, and they were never addressed correct correctly. They were just laughed at, and they were left unattended. And that's something that I have replayed in my mind too many times. I am amazed still to this day how quickly I can become angry when I think about that. Now, those are things from years ago. What about now? Well, honestly, in very, very recent months, very recent months, I received such a scathing and cruel unkindness. Now, it came from a very broken person, and so I can appreciate that, and that actually helps me. But somebody that I have poured my life into and invested and cared and loved and spoken life into this one particular soul, maybe more than any other person, maybe in a couple of decades of ministry. And it felt like a dagger in the back. What do you do with that stuff? And maybe you have stories that are 10 times worse than mine. What do you do? What do you do when you try? You actually try, and you try it from every single angle, but you cannot seem to let go, and you cannot seem to forgive. This message is going to be painful for some of you, but I hope you understand that God's message tells us very, very clearly, if you are a follower of Christ, you are called to forgive. Matthew chapter 5, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Nobody spoke like that. Jesus was the first one to come out with this incredible truth. And none of that comes naturally to any of us. We love people who are nice. We hate people who are not nice. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. 
Jesus' words in Matthew chapter, st- Matthew chapter 6 are just going to stop you in your tracks. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's a pretty plain scripture. God tells us clearly to forgive. So if we're to forgive, what does that really mean? Really? I mean, what do we do, God? How do we actually start? How do we begin something like that? Well, in order to understand what it means to forgive, let me tell you what it does not mean. Forgiveness is not forgetting. To forgive does not mean that you wipe it from your brain, that you have no recollection. It is not saying that the thing that happened never happened. It is not sweeping it under the rug. It is not saying that that what they did to you was not just completely wrong and awful and sinful and hurtful. It does not say that when you forgive that you are therefore just a doormat and people can wipe their feet on you for the rest of your life. Or that you have to allow them to continue to abuse you and to hurt you and to neglect you. That you're just supposed to put a smile on your face and send them a Christmas card. It's not what it is. It's not forgiveness. You can actually forgive somebody and also create what is simply known as healthy boundaries. You can forgive somebody and you can actually let it go, take it off your shoulders. But also let them know that they have broken trust and that now they are not a trustworthy person. And that that trust needs to be rebuilt, which is probably going to take a little bit of time to get back to where you were. That there are consequences for how they hurt you, for how they wounded you. Also, forgiveness is not fair. Forgiveness is not fair. Actually, there's nothing fair about forgiveness at all. What's actually fair is to pay the person back for what they did to you. You punch me in the face, I'm going to punch you back. That's fair. That's actually even. You hurt one of my children. Justice says, well, I'm going to get back at you for doing that to me. Jesus says, I actually want you to pray for your enemies. Okay. (laughs) All right, Jesus, I'll pray for my enemies. Dear Jesus, (laughs) please give my enemies hemorrhoids. That's how much I hate my enemies. I want them to have hemorrhoids coming out of their ears for all I care. (laughs) I don't even know if that's possible to have hemorrhoids coming out of your ears. But that would be fair, right? I'll pray some nasty, ugly prayer over my enemies. When I think about the way some people have hurt me, specific people, here's the truth. The thoughts that go through my mind are not good. Because I want what's fair. I want them to be hurt. I want to say something to them that's going to crush them. And I can replay that in my mind. I'm replaying what I believe is right and what I believe is fair. I'm replaying what, the way things ought to be. But what's really interesting, what's unbelievably fascinating, is we like it when God is not fair to us. I want things to be fair when it comes to my enemies, but when it comes to me and God, I'm actually very, very happy if God wants to not be fair towards me. 
God is not always fair. Not the way fair should be dished out. God could lash out at us, but he doesn't. He's always just, don't miss that, but he's not always fair. If he was always fair, then I would get what's coming to me. If God was always fair, I would get what my sins deserve, but he's not fair. He's just, but he's not fair because I don't get what I really ought to get. Psalm 103 verse 10. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Anyone here grateful for that scripture? I am grateful for that scripture. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not fair. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is giving others what God gave you. We're going to watch a tender story right now. Check out the side screens. I was uh, out west hunting. I just got there the night before. Sorry. And I uh, got a phone call at 1.30 that afternoon on Saturday, October the 20th. Um, the phone call that changed my life forever. And a uh, state trooper buddy of mine called and he said, Bob, um, your wife's been in a terrible accident. Learned some sad news out of the Tri-County area that a kindergarten teacher was killed in a head-on crash this weekend. The Daily News reports that Gilman was driving on M91 near the Turk Lake restaurant and bar when a pickup truck crossed the center line, hitting the vehicle head-on. This is a loss for the entire district. A teacher at Tri-County Schools for three decades and an active member in the community. Shelly Gilman first started in Tri-County District as a second grade teacher at Sand Lake Elementary. She then became a kindergarten teacher at McNaughton Elementary, where she worked for nearly a decade. Shelly's husband says he also knows who was behind the wheel of the truck that hit Shelly. His name is Eric, who they say fell asleep behind the wheel, something the family has already forgiven him for. And so Monday, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm sitting in the house. We have a huge family. Um, there's probably 70 of us there. And something wants me out of the house. I mean, it's like a rope pulling me out of the house. I know what it is now. It was God, the Holy Spirit, whatever way you want to look at, wanted me out of the house right then. So I sneak out of the house. I get in my pickup. I plug my phone in because it's going dead. I drive to the top of the hill, and there's a stop sign at the top of the hill down from my house. And um, my phone goes off. I thought, wow, that was quick. It caught me already. And um, it was Eric, the man that hit my wife. A guy that I knew from a baby. I'd known his dad for longer than that. Um, and um, I just, uh, he sent me a text message, just said, uh, by the looks of things on Facebook, I just took the most important thing out of your life. And if you never forgive me, I'm okay with that. But I just want to tell you that I'm sorry. 
And I put the phone down and I said, God, what do you want me to do? Just what do you want me to do? Because I don't even know how to respond to that. And I picked my phone back up and I said, where are you at, man? I want to come give you a hug. And he texts back a few choice words that, that uh, are you kidding me, in translation. And we took and um, I, he was only lives about 10 miles and I drove, I said, I'm on my way over. So I drive over there, get there, you know, and we sit and talk. I finally looked at him and I said, Eric, I just want to tell you that uh, on behalf of my family and myself, that we forgive you. And he said, are you few nice choice words and he goes he goes who are you Bob who the choice words are you and I said you know I said I'm a child of God just like you are and if um, if you get eternity out of this my wife would have died for you that's what kind of person she was but at the same time I said you're a child of God, just like I am. And without you healing, we can't either. And he said, can't believe Bob, I don't know who you are. So I started getting a bunch of text messages from his family going, you don't know what you've done for my grandson, my nephew, so on and so forth. Bob's a part of this church. I talked to Bob a few months ago on the phone, and he told me that story. And he was crying on the phone, and I was crying on the phone. I cannot imagine. What a loss. I cannot imagine. I don't want to imagine. And after I got off the phone with Bob, it's funny what struck me, because if you talk to him for two minutes, here's what you see. You see a man who loves Jesus, who is like on mission for God, talking about Jesus, telling his story at every opportunity he gets. You're looking at a man who is tender. Here's the difference between forgiveness and unforgiveness. What Bob should become, logically, is a twisted, cruel man. But what the Holy Spirit has miraculously done in his life through the power of forgiveness. He is a tender man filled with the love of Jesus Christ in the context of tremendous offense and injury and loss and pain. Forgiveness is giving others what God gave you. It is offering to other people the same grace that God has offered you. And for those who follow Jesus Christ, can I ask you this simple question? Have you been forgiven anything? Have you experienced grace in your life and you know that you don't deserve? Have you been the beneficiary of his mercy and his goodness and his patience and his love that comes straight from God? Maybe you're perfect, but I've been forgiven of a whole lot. I've been given grace and I've been given forgiveness for my anger and my ego and my lust and my greed and my pride and my jealousy and the filthy words that have come out of my mouth. 
I've been forgiven for violence and lies and pride and hatred and for hurting other people. What is forgiveness? It's giving the very thing that God has given to you and giving it to somebody else. And that's the power of the gospel. 1 John chapter 1. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Is it even okay to say that word sin anymore? In this culture, it's like you're not even allowed to say it anymore. Church, would you just say sin? Somebody say sin. Because here's the thing. That's you. That's me. Truthfully, the truth is we are all sinners. We have messed up and we have sinned against a holy God. We have missed the mark. And if we confess before God, I'm sorry, God, I'm full of sin and rebellion. I'm full of hate and I've hurt other people. Here's what God says. I will be faithful and just, not fair, but I will be just. And he will come and he will forgive us our sins and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. That's the gospel. We like receiving forgiveness. We don't like giving it out. I get grace, now I've got to give it away. Forgiveness doesn't just flow to us, it has to flow through us. Undeserved mercy, undeserved grace, undeserved goodness. I have to give it to somebody else who doesn't deserve it any more than I do. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Can we just pray this together out loud? Everybody, Alma, online, Mount Pleasant, out loud together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Do you really want to pray that prayer? Forgive me as I forgive them. Forgive me like I forgive my boss that I hate. Forgive me like I forgive my ex-husband that I do not trust. Forgive me like I forgive others. Church, why would God ask us to forgive? Because it is hard. Why is he asking us to forgive? Here's what it is. He's asking you to forgive because he loves you so much. He doesn't just ask you to forgive to help heal somebody else. He asks you to forgive to help heal you. The wound in you. Forgiving someone else, someone that's lied to you. Someone that has cheated you. The person who has hurt you. Forgiving them may not necessarily set them free. But for forgiving somebody else will set you free every single time. Why would God ask you to forgive? Because he loves you so much. And I know that's not easy. I know it's not easy. Do you want to know what's easy? Here's the easy thing. Here's the easy way out. Hold a grudge. That is easy. It's brainless. Anybody can do it. It's easy to live in bitterness. Easy to wish the worst for somebody who deserves something bad. They really do. Easy is to continue to plot and rehearse what you're going to say to them next. Easy is to not talk, to not move towards them to bring healing into their lives. 
Easy is to continue to allow the devil to split up your family. Easy is to continue to walk in hatred and bitterness. Anybody can do it. Forgiveness is not easy. It takes faith to forgive. Increase my faith, God. This is what the apostle said. What does faith do? Faith enables me to see the opportunity for freedom where others only see the opportunity for offense. Faith empowers. It's not a feeling. Don't wait for some warm, fuzzy feeling to come over you. It is faith to just let it go. In your flesh, I'm still ticked off. I'm still angry. I'm still upset. I still feel hurt. I still feel betrayed. But by faith, I am choosing to offer the same thing that has been given to me. Forgiveness might be a process. It might happen in a moment. It may take some time. But God, would you please increase my faith? It takes faith to forgive. Marriages, I want you to listen to me. Marriages, I want you to listen carefully to me. It takes faith to forgive. I know a marriage where a sin has taken place, and as a result of that sin, the wife has grounds for divorce. The wife has biblical grounds for divorce. Adultery is grounds for divorce. But can I say to you also, adultery is grounds for forgiveness. You can choose to walk away. Or you can choose to forgive and begin to rebuild and offer something to somebody that they do not deserve. Every marriage is made up of two good forgivers. How much forgiveness do they deserve? What if we ask this question? How much freedom do you want? How much freedom do you want? It takes faith to forgive. What you did to me is no longer going to hold me prisoner. It will not limit my future. I am not going to let it pollute my heart and poison my soul. Yes, what you did was wrong. It might have been years of wrong. But I'm not going to let that thing that happened years ago or four years of my life rob me of the years of my future life. By faith, I am choosing to let it go. I know this is tough. I know it doesn't change the past. I know it doesn't make it go away. I know it doesn't make all of those years disappear. But it changes the years that are in front of us. Father, would you increase our faith right now? Would you increase our faith? Would you do that in us? What we cannot do by ourselves. Those of you today who have been hurt and betrayed... God is calling you in this moment, in his presence, to take a step of faith. In his presence right now, I want you to literally say, God, I need you to give me faith. God, would you increase my faith? To offer what you have given to me, I need you to increase my faith, God. If you need to forgive somebody right now, right now, online, Alma, Mount Pleasant, if you need to forgive somebody right now, I want you to actually raise your hand in the presence of God. You know that you need to forgive somebody right now. I want you to raise your hand in Alma. If you're sitting in your sitting room, if you're in Mount Pleasant, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to acknowledge, I know that I need to forgive somebody right now in the presence of God. I pray by faith that those who have been living in the past for so long, 
that that pain would begin to fade and that your, the power of your forgiveness would begin to wash over us. God, we know that that's not fair. But as in this moment, God, even as we receive grace from you, help us to offer that grace to others, whether it changes them or not. We invite you, God, right now, come and change us. Increase our faith to forgive others the way that we have been forgiven. Okay. And then for those of you today, and you know that you're the one who needs to be forgiven. You know that you let other people down. I want you to hear this. God so loved you, he sent his one and only son, his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever would call on his name would receive eternal life. Jesus came and died for you. If you're here right now and you're like, I need forgiveness, I want you to know this. Jesus came and he died for you so that you could have forgiveness. God raised him from the dead. Perfect justice. And this is where all the punishment went for all the wrongdoing that you did and that I did. And now God offers what you don't deserve. Jesus paid the price and now Jesus offers you forgiveness. Those of you who would say, I need his grace. I need his forgiveness. When you turn from your sins, when you call on his name, he will forgive you and he will give you new life. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us as far as the east is from the west. He separates our sins from us. For all of those of us who need his grace, everyone online and in Alma and right here, I want you to pray with me right now. God, we have been given so much from you. You have forgiven us of so much. We have people in our lives who have wounded us and damaged us deeply, but God, we need you. We need the faith to forgive and in this moment, God, we ask you to forgive us in the same breath, God, that you forgive us. We will forgive those who have abused us and neglected us and hurt us and gossiped about us and betrayed us and ridiculed and abandoned us. All of it, God. I refuse to harbor unforgiveness anymore. I refuse to remain bitter and twisted. God, forgive me my sins. As I forgive those who sin against me. I say this with faith in the Son of God. And together the church says, Amen. Praise God, church. Can we stand up and let's worship the King of Kings.